It's time for Girl Boner Radio with August McLaughlin. A spicy blend of personal stories, in-depth reporting and inspiration. Girl Boner is where good girls go for sexual empowerment. Listen in as August McLaughlin, award-winning health and sexuality writer, explores female sexual pleasure like no one else. She's the big sister slash girlfriend you've always wanted and she loves to talk sex. Only on Global Voice Broadcasting. How would you define the word slut? Has anyone ever used it or similar words and judgment against you? I imagine most, if not all women have at some point for wearing certain clothes, maybe that was short or too, quote, sexy for having sex, for having sex with one partner or many partners, or even for being sexually assaulted. It's known as, quote, slut shaming, and it is way too common in our culture. In my opinion, slut shaming really is woman shaming, right? And it's never okay. Um, I'm going to play a short trailer here from Emily Linden's film. It's so powerful. It's coming out soon called Unslut, a documentary. A girl who has a bad reputation, uh, what my mother used to call loose women. Although, of course, this can be deployed at any woman at any time. Whether she actually is sexually active is sort of beside the point. The person who takes control of their own sexuality and sexual expression is a term that society uses to describe women who behave like men. They don't think it's possible to grow up female in this culture and not have some kind of experience with the word slut. So powerful. You know, just hearing experts talk about it is so moving, and I really am so excited about Emily's film. Uh, To learn more about it, you can actually uh, have this screened in your hometown. Go to unsletproject.com to learn more. Welcome back to Girl Boner Radio, where good girls go for sexual empowerment. I'm your host, August McLaughlin, and I'm so thrilled to be here today, you guys. Uh, We're recording live in Los Angeles, and we are going to explore this very important topic. Here to discuss it with me is the phenomenally talented Sophie Ulet. Did I say your last name right? Ulet, but it's- I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, no, I meant okay. to ask you before, but now I'll remember. <laughs> yes, Ulet like mullet, like the yeah. You have to say that all the time. No, that's and usually I do. People call me Ulet mullet. Oh my goodness, <laughs> that is so funny. That yeah. is so funny. Ulet mullet. Yeah. It's a good like little I don't know character name. Or totally. Something. Although yeah. I do not condone the mullet, I think it's a fashion disaster. <laughs> You could be like the anti-mullet, the un-mullet. Totally. Exactly. So we met after your wonderful performance in the Vagina Monologues. Oh, thank you. I love that. It was so wonderful. It's such an incredible piece, and you're so talented. And I know you've performed different monologues within it. Mm -hmm. Um, What was that experience like for you? It was so empowering because I think that, you know, hearing your slut-shaming it just now. It was for so long, I think I was, I've spent my life being afraid of sex in a way. And I think that being able to stand up and say, this is what I have. This is my body part and I own it and I love it and feeling no shame about it. Isn't that powerful? It's so powerful. And how many women, next week we have a guest coming who is, she had her sexual awakening at 70. Wow. We go through our lives, you know, never talking about it. And I, I completely relate to that. I know what that is. And it's, it's amazing. So where are you from originally? I'm from here. I'm from Los Angeles. Both my parents are One actors. of those rare natives. Yeah. One of those, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, 
kind of a tri-coastal kid. Lived in New York a little bit, lived in England a little bit, so, and then I lived here, so I have lots oh, of culture. All over the place. All over the place, yeah. yeah. And when did you start acting? I was sort of, I did it my whole, I've been doing it my whole life, little plays here and there, but never really, three and a half years ago, I got sober from alcohol abuse, and it wasn't until I realized that I could not be doing it, that I kind of realized, whoa, you know, you, you kind of, I think we live our lives sort of blind until somebody takes off a mask and says, hey, you only get one chance. So when I realized that, I kind of thought, oh, this is what I was born to do. And Amazing. And congratulations. I know that's really incredible, difficult work. Thank you. And I, I just admire you for that. That's that's beautiful. Thank you. That's that beautiful. means a lot coming from you. I loved how after I was able to, you know, mix and mingle with y'all, with the cast after the show, and you're such an inspiring group, and everyone, you know, I to do that play, I think, probably mm. is a very unique experience. You know, it's it's intimate, and it's people were having really interesting conversations, and we talked briefly, and I was so impressed that you know, you felt so comfortable just saying, you know, the, uh, what was the skirt monologue you said that it you was, did before? Um, I don't remember what it was called, but I remember the concept of it was just because I'm wearing a short skirt doesn't mean that what's underneath it belongs to you. Yes. And it, yeah. Right. I have chills. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, it's so sad that we need to be told like our culture needs to be told that but it does yeah yeah and you also mentioned that you know that you have been through some trauma and abuse in your life mm -hmm. and that you speak openly and those are such and I know that not that's not everybody's path and I right. totally get that um you know I'm on <laughs> the radio and doing a podcast about sex like a lot of people don't want to do that right I, I get that we all have passion and it comes out in different ways uh, but I think it's so important that people tell their stories and so that everyone else can hear them. Mm -hmm. uh, what, what did you endure? What happened to you? Um, I'm a very outgoing person. And I think that it got – and there's no excuse. And in no way do I want it to sound like I'm excusing the behavior. But I think that it got very misinterpreted a lot of my life because I'm so outgoing and loving and friendly, people sort of, and I've been that person. I've been like, oh my God, that person was nice to me. They want to go on a date with me, right? So like there's this mis... So people thought it was like flirting? Yeah, I think so. But mind you, I was eight years old. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. yeah. So I didn't know any better. Uh, the first time was I remembered being outside and our gardeners at the house lifted up my shirt and put his hands into my underwear and started playing. And I was very small, so that was really hard. Um, I'm so sorry. It's okay. It's good. Well, it's a blessing because it is my path to share it. And I know that this is helping someone. Maybe it's just one person, but I know that one person will be affected, and I'm happy to be that. It makes your experience, you know, gives it more – you could do something positive with what happened exactly. to you. Exactly. Which is huge. And did you know at the time – because I know kids, 
they don't know. A lot of times at eight years old, I had no, if somebody, I would have no idea what that was. Right. Did you have any kind of idea what was happening? The thing that was super confusing was that instinctively I knew that that was not okay, but physically I really enjoyed the way it felt. So I was met with this weird sea of emotions because I couldn't really connect with, okay, well, how can something that felt so good be so wrong, but then why do I feel so badly about it? Why do I almost feel guilty? Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's so many survivors seem to have those, those mixed emotions and partly there's the culture of shame around talking about what happened. So if one doesn't feel comfortable or even talking about their bodies or sexuality, you know, really we should be having conversations from age four or five years old on about this is your body. This is good touch. This is not appropriate touch. This is, you know, this is what happens. This is what you do if somebody touches you and it, it might feel good, but that's your body responding. But if your heart and your gut says this is not okay, then it is not okay. Yeah. You know, and it's unfortunate that um, that isn't instilled anywhere in our culture, really. You know, 100%. it's we don't learn it. We learn very little in sex ed when we're maybe, you know, adolescents. So it's, right. it's very complicated. Um, so were you able to, at some point, did you talk to your parents about this or anybody? Not that time. Um, the... The time that I really started to open up was uh, we had a house guest that my mom and dad knew through their agents, and he was this sort of computer geek, and he, I think, would I would guess was in his late 20s, early 30s, and he would come and stay at our house, and he and I actually, I was at this point between the ages of 9 and 12, and he and I actually developed a pretty sexual relationship. Um. And again, I think that that, yeah, just not having talked about, okay. you know, those are two things that will, that can happen in your life. You can feel physically good about something, but emotionally and mentally, it's not going to feel good. And so I didn't have a foundation. I knew that I enjoyed the way it felt. And I, that's part of where so much of the guilt came from was because I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even though I knew in my heart that it wasn't okay. And when it's, you know, it's an adult, they're supposed, we think they know everything. Yeah. You know, so when we're a kid, it's like, oh, this person's teaching me something. This person's making me feel good, giving me attention. And, you know, that's, it's um, another thing that I think that we're not, again, taught about, which is really unfortunate. And it does feel like a relationship to a kid, you know, we all want attention and to feel physical pleasure and to feel like somebody wants our attention and and all of that. And my goodness. Uh, And so in that case, were you able to tell somebody or did somebody find out? Uh, In that case, I eventually did come clean about it because, um, yeah, that moment, I, you know, I would, I remembered being at the Spy Kids premiere in the limousine with my agents or with my parents' agents. And I remembered feeling like I had a secret and almost being proud of it. Does that make sense? Oh, it totally does. Because yeah, it was you like, were a kid. And yeah, it's... I was a kid and I got to be with the older guy. And wow, somebody wants me. I'm going home to someone. Mm-hmm. And um, he did. He left. And then he sent me a Christmas present. 
And I remember exactly what it was. It was from Gap. It was an ornament, a perfume, and a candle. And I don't know what it was, but it, that was the moment that I kind I just, I saw the present and I actually wanted to annihilate it with, like, I had never had so much rage and it was just this, and no one understood why, you know, my sister got this tiny little candle and I got this extravagant gift, chucked it in the rubbish bin. Wow. Wanted nothing to do with it. How and old were you again? At this point, I would say I was around 12. Wow. So he was scheduled to come and stay with us again. And I finally, it was really, really hard. Went into my parents' bedroom and I couldn't make eye contact at all. I remembered fiddling with just about everything in the room. Uh, and I remembered saying, Mom and Dad, I, I don't think that Eric should stay here anymore. And they said, well, why would you not like him? And then I told them what happened. And there was a long pause. And my mom then said, and this is, I want to let it be known, that I really believe my mom reacted in the way that she could. But her first instinct was to ask me if I was lying, which was so... Devastating, I'm sure. Yeah, because it took a lot of courage. A huge courage. That's why I was sitting here thinking, what a brave kid. Twelve. I mean, I remember being embarrassed to tell my parents about deodorant then. You know, like anything. Like, I have a crush on a boy. I couldn't tell that to my parents. I cannot even... That is huge bravery. Mm. Huge bravery. And it's beautiful that you have, you're able to have perspective and say, you know, my mom was trying and maybe she didn't want to believe it, you know? And I think it's, how do you react to something? She, I'm sure couldn't wrap her her brain around it, but that must've been, did you then, did she come around to believing you? Was that something that, yeah. Yes. Both my parents, my dad wrote a very angry letter. Um, but yes, both, they, they both came around and, um, Yeah, I don't – I yeah, my mom – I can't imagine being a parent not knowing that's going on because the lack of control that she must have felt is in itself, in her own way, something that's very traumatizing. They blame themselves. 100%. Yeah, of course. There's so much guilt and shame around all of it, and it never affects one person. I mean, obviously, the the person – the survivor is hurt the most. Right. Um, but it's it's like a disease, you know. It's certainly um, it's happened to family members of mine, and I know the ripple effects are very intense. Yeah, you know they affect everyone. So, um, but thank goodness, you know, they stood by you and, yeah. and were able to. And how did you? I know this is a huge question, but learn to heal emotionally and to be able to because I know trust and intimacy are very challenging when it's been, you know, broken like that. Right. Um, did you ha- have therapy? Was it uh, a, a more of an introspective process? Um, <clears throat> both. I think I, I, was, I was seeing a therapist, and to this day I'm seeing a therapist. Um, and I still – it's something that I'm still working through. You know, it's something – at first I was – I became quite introverted. It was very hard. Yeah, exactly. Um, It was really hard for me to talk about. And then I started drinking a lot and I almost did the opposite 
so then I started having sex with everybody that I could almost to get, I feel like it was to gain control that I had lost. Sure. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah to try to be in control of the thing that you didn't have control over that yeah. was happening to you. you exactly. know? And it's interesting too. I've heard that um, my sister's a school psychologist and she and her, and her husband too. And they've talked about how, you know, abuse affects people so differently. So you can't just think that if, if a girl, for example, is very against having any sort of relationship, then it's necessarily because of some kind of abuse. Or if she's a lot of times, and again, back to the slut shaming thing, if a woman is sexually promiscuous, which is a word we do not use for men, Ever, right. you know, occasionally I hear it used on gay men, which again right. is sort of like the, if, if you take, they put it into this feminine stereotype, which is wrong to do both to gay men and to women. Right. But it's, it's like if a woman is having sex and wants, then she must have been, you know, abused. And even if she has, or she was asking for it, that horrible right. term, um, whether she was or was not that it doesn't matter I mean, it matters, but it doesn't right. matter in the context of what her choices are. 100%. Like her choices are her choices. And if it helps you heal to be, I actually had a really empowered single time having sex with people, casual relationships after being like a serial monogamist. Right. That was one of the most important things I went through. Maybe I was healing from something. It wasn't from, I, I went through a, I was married very early and, and divorced. Mm. And sometimes we are having sex to heal. Sometimes we are, you right. know, there's all these reasons but because we're women, there's yeah. got to be some reason other than, you know, it's like we, our culture sees it as it's the thing that the guy controls. Right. Which is where a lot of these issues come from. Like the slut shaming that we do to ourselves too is really scary. Did you judge yourself for, um, I know you said that you felt guilty about the abuse as right. a kid. Um, when you were having sex with more people and stuff like that, was that empowering or was it a mix? Did you also kind of feel... You know, it's complicated, I'm sure. Yeah, I, it's a really good question. The abuse kind of subtly at that point continued throughout my life. So if it wasn't, you know, I got date raped one one night. I would have fam my parents, family, friends rubbing my nipples once at a dinner party. You know, so it's like... Um... Hmm. Yeah, I, um, sorry, I haven't talked about that. That's okay. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and and honestly, like I said before, yeah, only what you're comfortable talking no, about. No, 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 no. I love talking about this. I love sharing it. I really hope someone's affected by this. I really hope so. Um, what was the question? Oh, I'm I was so asking, sorry. that's okay, um, <laughs> about how you were feeling about your own self you know, so other trauma is happening. Right. Which at this point. Yeah. So I, yeah. I can imagine how complicated it must have been to separate, you know, and if you were looking to alcohol, it's like trying not to deal, right? A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. It was a really good way to check out. And, um, I, yeah, I loved being in control. I loved it. It hurt. Because I knew I, w I knew I was getting into relationships that weren't going to work. I knew subconsciously, you know, when I got date raped, I 
went to the police about it. And her first, the first thing she said, well, were you drinking? And at this point, I actually hadn't gotten in, gotten into alcohol. So it was, again, it was just like blow after blow. Well, you were flirting. Were you drinking? Are you lying? And so, oh. and so it was kind of like, yeah, when I, I was, I was totally gaining control. Mm-hmm. And I, and that it did, is so, it helped, it healed. <laughs> so atrocious. And I hate the fact that, you know, college campuses, for example, it's a very, uh, common thing mm-hmm. for them to educate about date rape by saying, girls, don't drink on your dates. Right. Or how to avoid being in the danger zones where you could get raped. Or right. And it's like, why are you not talking to the rapist? Why are you not talking to yes. teaching the boys, the guys, boys, not yeah. to, to do this? It's not that. It's <laughs> not t- our responsibility to not get thirsty on a date because yeah. you feel like you want to get laid. Completely. <laughs> Completely. Or to want to get a little tipsy and to be like, because right. the thing is before a date or before before drinking, before any of that. You know, that's why you have to make the decision whether you're going to drive or not before you drink. Totally. The woman and the man both need to know that they are going to be safe after and respectful after. I mean, that's just right. how it has to be. It's it's just horrific. That is horrific. Um, and I love the fact that you are, you know, openly in therapy. I think therapy is so valuable, whether mm-hmm. no matter what your experience, it's so important as, as women to find a good therapist and right. to be able to find ourselves and to really... Absolutely. You know, are you in a good place now? Yes. It seems that you are. Yeah. I'm not hiding anymore. Mm. I don't need to hide behind anything. I don't, there, you know, I, sh- I overshop and I admit that. You <laughs> and overshop. I'm at, and I'm working on that. Aw. <laughs> uh, well, Hashtag given- eBay. Hashtag <laughs> eBay. On eBay, you get some good deals, man. Yeah. You know, there's an it's art so to true. it. It's really true. Or Etsy's another good one. Yes, it's yes. So oh true. my gosh, they have yeah. some amazing stuff. That's they for really sure. Do. That's for sure. But it's true. It's good. I yeah. I am. I am in a really good place. I have so much love and support, and that's what we need as humans. We need that, and that's why I just can't understand the idea of not supporting your fellow women. Yes, which is huge. And actually, I saw I saw on – you may have seen that. We're friends on Facebook. I posted this yeah. uh, this little note about that video that had gone viral. It's called uh, What We Want to Say to Instagram Models. And oh, I saw yes. a few women – no, two women and one men that I know – had either liked it, commented, or shared it in a positive light. Like, oh, this right. is so funny. And I was like, there's no way that that's really what this video is about. <laughs> like, my friends would never do – so I'm like, yeah. they're not super close friends. But people I knew well enough to go, they would not – they wouldn't slut shame people, you know? Right. So I clicked plan it. And about halfway through, I almost vomited. And I was like, I can't watch this anymore. It was a woman – trying to do this comedy. I guess she's like a YouTube presence and she's like very funny. Um, But she's dressed very provocatively and like moving her boobs all around and showing her cleavage and stuff and making fun of women for being quote Insta whores Hmm. for this is saying that basically when we see women on Instagram who are throwing their boobs around or like dressed pose in a certain sexual way or whatever, that what we really want to say is, you know, that's all you are, you know, stop it, ho. Like all this, I mean, those aren't direct quotes, but that's right. the idea. Right. And the whole time it was just the fact that people, the most damaging sometimes is the laughter. Right. When we laugh at people for, you know, I modeled for 15 years 
You know, it's like I have friends who are those Instagram models. They have brains and hearts and souls. And who the heck cares what they wear? Or if they want to be in their bikini and lipstick, you don't have to do it. That's fine. I don't pose myself that way. I don't, that's not what I feel authentic doing. Right. But who cares if they do? Yeah. It's not, just don't waste your time shunning other people. And around Halloween is another time I found like, oh, yeah. People go, oh, all these, you don't have to be a slut on Halloween. Well, yeah, we, uh, (laughs) thank you, mean girls. Yes. The movie where that was the whole bit was it's the one night a year that every girl can dress like a slut and no other girls can say anything about it. Yeah. So why is it, why is she dressing like a slut? She just Which, sexy. She's sexy. Exactly. Why is it slutty? Exactly. <laughs> and I do think that a lot of women do feel empowered by permission. It's like the it is a day where there's permission not to dress like a quote slut. Every right. time I say that word, I part of me feels like sick. Violated. Um, yeah. It's it should be gone. It should just not be a word. Um, so every time I say it, if you're listening, I'm like rabbit ears or whatever. Like, it's not a real word. (laughs) We need to change it. But, um, you know, women feel more free to dress in these ways. That doesn't mean they necessarily want to do it all the time, but that says a lot about the pressure to to not be too sexy. It's like we're told to be too sexy, like over-sexualized in the bedroom. Right. But never talk about sex and don't, if you, you know, you are asking to be used for sex if you dress a certain way, Mm -hmm. you know, and uh, Emily Linden, who I shared that trailer from her movie that sh- that's coming out, uh, she's she's amazing, and she has these T-shirts you can buy that say "Define Slut" on the front. Mm. And I love it's. First of all, it's just a red T-shirt. It's like yeah. great, you know, texture and everything. But I love it. And at one point, this this man is walking with his his girlfriend. I think um, they're like in their twenties, and they're kind of like looking at my shirt. Like people get very confused. Like, well, right. isn't that you know? And I was like, he's like, well, what's the answer? And I said, well tell me like you know what do you think it means and right. he said when a when a woman has wants to have sex a lot and i was like no that's a woman who wants to have sex a lot right and he was so confused just like <laughs> what? what does that mean like he's trying yeah. to figure it out you can't define it and it's like that's why her video is so interesting yeah and, um another thing and i'm going to play a clip shortly from our resident sex expert of of this month about this but sexting Apparently, women are much more likely. We like to express ourselves, you know, right. sexy pictures or like all that stuff. And one way that people are slut shamed. Have you heard anything mm-hmm. about that? So I guess, well, in this case, I got this listener's question, which was very good. Um, okay. And it's from KS. She says, I love taking sexy photos to send to my boyfriend. He loves receiving them, but says we shouldn't be sending them around that someone else might end up seeing them. Honestly, I'm not even sure what – or I'm I'm not sure I'd care if they did, though it's none of their business. When I told my boyfriend that, he said people would think I'm, quote, slutty. Hmm. Maybe this shouldn't be a big deal, but I was really hurt. I feel like I can't freely express myself sexually in the ways I like, and this has caused tension between us. Any suggestion for making things right is from KS in Texas. So I asked um, our resident expert, uh, Kate Scalisi, who's fabulous, uh, for some insight. Here's what she had to say, and then I'll ask you what you think as well. Hey, KS. So first of all, love your initials. They happen to be my personal favorite as well. So good job there. Um, But more seriously, thank you so, so much for asking this question. As sexting becomes more popular and more common, I'm sure that you're not the only one who has found yourself in a similar situation similar to this. So 
The second thing I want to say is one of my mentors always says, don't should all over yourself. And as women especially, we tend to always be thinking about what we should or shouldn't think, do, feel, say, etc. And I say all this because if your feelings were hurt and this was a big deal to you, then that's all that really matters. It doesn't matter if your best friend would have just brushed your shoulders off when it came to this or anything else. Your feelings got hurt. It was a big deal. So then what can you do about it? What can you do to ease some of this tension that has popped up between you and your boyfriend? The first thing is to really have a conversation about it. And everyone always rolls their eyes and is like, I don't want to have to talk about this. But really, you need to express that your feelings were hurt, share with your boyfriend why his words hurt your feelings, and also dig in a little bit to what prompted that response from him. Was there maybe some fear about your exposure or something bad happening to you? Does he know someone that maybe their photos got leaked or what's underneath it? Why is he feeling the way he's feeling? Because I am going to guess that he was well-intentioned and wanted to protect you and watch out for you. And that just kind of got um, expressed in a way that wasn't quite nice. The next thing to think about is where can you compromise? So both of your feelings are totally valid. So the question then becomes, how can you continue to express yourself sexually in a way that you enjoy? And how can he feel comfortable with it? So I have a few ideas for you. And they really all center around making some rules related to your sharing of sexy photos and videos. First, one thing that you can do is to only send those photos and videos, say, to his personal email and not his private or public um, work email. That's the word I'm looking for. The other thing would be if you're sending him anything via text to type the letters NSFW, not safe for work, and then hit enter a few times before inserting the video or picture. So that way there's a space between the typing and the picture. So when he gets the text, the only thing that'll pop up on his phone screen is your name and NSFW. So now if he's around people who he doesn't want to see the photos, he knows not to open that text. Another idea would be to agree to completely delete the photos off both of your phones, both of your emails, and not just hitting the trash button, but also going into the trash folder, or if you have an iPhone, the recently deleted photos folder, and really getting rid of them. Lastly, you can think about maybe keeping it at home. So can you get a camera or a Polaroid or a camcorder so that way you can film things on your home and share them when he gets home? Another idea, can any of these can be mixed and matched. Again, it's all about what's comfortable for you two and what's going to work for you, not for anyone else or anyone else's relationship. Now, the last thing I do want to say is that if you haven't already given some thought to the potential risks of sharing sexy photos, I do encourage you to do that. And I don't say this from a slut-shaming or a sex-negative perspective, but simply from the fact that women are really unfairly punished and shamed if their photos get hacked and leaked. So I do want to make sure that you've also thought about this and, and you have made a really informed decision. I'm all about informed consent and whatnot. So that you know kind of these are the potential risks for what happened. It's not likely, but it could. How would I feel about that? How would I handle that? Because again, I'm guessing some of your boyfriend's fear is coming from these risks. 
Now, you are the only person to decide what you're comfortable with and then to go forth and do it. So the last thing I want to say is that if you are not sure how to bring up this topic with your partner, this podcast is a great excuse. Hey, they were talking about shaming and sexting on a podcast today. I wanted to talk to you more about it. Great, easy way to ease into a conversation. And then once you're done with that, go forth and share your sexy photos in whatever way makes the both of you very happy. She's so great. Yeah. Um, that's really cute. Wasn't that sweet? Yeah, that was what, so what well said. What did you think of her advice? I I actually loved every minute of it. Um, one of the first things I learned when when I got sober was we all have to stop shooting on ourselves, and I and I think that's so great. The only reason I don't sext because believe me, I am very sexual and I'm not ashamed to admit it in a very healthy way. Like, but. Not to say that there really is an unhealthy way, but um, the only reason I don't sext is because I was working at a preschool, and my friend and I used to joke around and send each other sexual videos. Uh-huh. And one day, I was working at the school, and it was right as all the parents were coming in, and I opened my text thinking it was a text, and and you hear, how do you feel about mutual masturbation? Ah. And I literally was like, oh, no. Like, what do you say? So that's the only reason I don't sext, but I loved everything she said. I think that they need to find, yeah, you guys find who you are and where you both stand. And I love the advice about find why that hit home for you and connect with that, both of you. I think there's definitely fear on both sides. There's hurt and it's definitely something worth bringing up and getting through and... Yeah, yeah, it sounds like it. It's and I love that it wasn't like this black or white. Totally. It's right or wrong because that's different yeah. for everyone. And it it bothers me that, as she mentioned, women are very unfairly shamed for this kind of right. thing. And I remember uh, somebody telling me because I had a I did a n- nude photo shoot for myself, like totally just for myself after um, I'd already finished modeling and everything. And only my husband and I have you know seen these pictures. Right. Um, but when I was talking about the experience to a friend of mine. Um, because of some photos he wanted to do with his wife. Hmm. He said, but don't you think it's kind of foolish, you know, to have all these women? He said, he actually said all these actresses, all these actresses in Hollywood, because they're the ones who get on the news for it, right? Right. All these actresses, what do you think is going to happen when they have a phone, a f- picture of themselves naked on their phone? It's like, well, when they're doing it, it's because they're sexually expressing themselves. It's right. so empowering. Like, it's Absolutely. fun. It's empowering. But it is important to know those risks. And certainly if you're doing something like, you know, teaching preschool or (laughs) – I could not – that was just – I'm glad you're laughing at it because that is just like something that would totally happen to me though I would probably never be in the – you know, that specific scenario. But I do try to be conscientious of things like not everybody I know is as comfortable with things as I am. So like I wouldn't want to do something that, you know, my family back in Minnesota would be completely – like horrified by, you know? Right. So you do need to think about those things. And everybody who's listening, remember, Kate is still offering her amazing package for you guys. It's called the Clarity Quickie Package. It's only $98 right now, which is like nothing uh, for what you get. It provides everything you need to know about what you want to ask for it and how to have the best sex of your life. Mm. The package includes one-on-one coaching from Kate herself, and she's so fabulous, uh, a guide on sexual communication, and a whole lot more. So to get an extra bonus, an extra hour of coaching that you can use anytime within a whole year of signing up, just mention Girl Boner. 
easy to remember, right? Um, sign up by visiting her website. That is passionbykate.com slash work dash with dash me. Kate is K-A-I-T, passionbykate.com slash work dash with dash me. You can also connect with Kate online. Her handle, which I love, is at passionbykate on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. So she's fabulous. So what are you doing now? What is your... Uh, other than you know the wonderful play that I saw recently, I know that you're you had a very busy day of auditions today. Are you um, are you is acting your main focus? Singing no and kidding. acting, yeah, actually, and actually more singing than acting. I love acting, you know, I love acting, but singing is. I think uh, my boyfriend Adam put it. He was like, "Well, if you had to live with that one, what would it be?" And I was like, "Acting." Like it was not even a thought. So I'm definitely consider myself a singer. Amazing. And what what type of music do you sing? Mostly musical theater. I have a very big uh, powerhouse belt voice. And then I can also, you know, I have a high soprano sound that comes out too. So it's this really nice mix of... Fun. Yeah. That's like, amazing. Yeah. I would love to... Do you perform live or primarily... Yeah. yeah. Working on shows, little cabarets here and there. I work actually at a restaurant. I sing regularly there called Michelli's. Ooh. Oh, yeah. I love anybody Michelli's. wants to come in and oh get a little gosh. discount. That is like the Hollywood... <laughs> I know. So do they have to mention Girl Boner to get to <laughs> it, right? They might freak people. Well, no, right? that's not true. No. Um, <laughs> hopefully it doesn't freak people out. But no. um, but I think that's fabulous. So the Hollywood one. I'm actually uh, the universal one. Nice. Yeah, I'm cool. actually really close to here. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, I've had lunch corner. beforehand there before. It's like if, if you're ever in L.A., you guys, or if you live here, definitely yeah. have to check out that place. That's amazing. So do you fun. know um, the show that records here called Cabarabia? No. Okay, you need to be on that show. I'm going to introduce you to Clifford. <laughs> Yay! Oh my gosh, <laughs> Clifford is amazing. Uh, Clifford Bell. He's so involved in the cabaret community, the scene all over oh, LA. Wow. He just celebrated his two year anniversary, and his show was amazing. I didn't realize uh, what a beautiful thing cabaret the community is. Yeah. Um, but he organizes shows. He has singers on it. I'm going to. Oh, that's you. awesome. He's oh, going to just. That. Thank he's you. He's going to eat you up. He's going to adore you. Like, oh, you are the. I love Clifford. So you guys, I'm going to share a link to Clifford's show too in the show notes. Um, And how can we learn more about you? Do you have a website or do you have music online? I'm working on a website and slowly more and more I'm putting YouTube videos up. But if you guys go to, what is it called? You guys, I'm so not. Yeah, well, Twitter, Facebook. Yeah, I have a Twitter and I have an Instagram and I have a Facebook at Sofa Lounge 811. That's my lucky number. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Um, any tips before we wrap up here? I know this is a huge thing, but if we want to start stopping slut shaming, mm-hmm. you know, this this epidemic, what are just some of the ways to start? I've I've written down some ideas too, but some of the ways to stop slut shaming. Uh, first of all, I know it's I had an experience today that was very interesting where something there was a bad driver on the road and a friend of mine said, oh my God, what a vagina. And it was one of those moments that I thought- That makes you want to cry. Right. Well, and it's, but this is, and so then I said, well, what did you mean by that? Well, I don't know. They're a pussy. What did you mean by that? Right. So these are words that we constantly say, I hate, for anybody who's ever had sex with me, you know, I hate the word pussy. It's my least favorite word in the English language. But, you know, this stops with us and we have, with each time that we use these words without thinking about it, we're advocating for them. 
Yes. Beautifully said. And thank you for mentioning that it's not just those words. It's not just slut and slutty. Right. It's whore. It's using pussy as a negative cunt, as a negative word. Like when someone calls someone a cunt, I'm like, use a a bad word if you want to shun them. Right, right. There's all these – there's so many words. And that's why I trademarked Girl Boner was there – I found zillions of of positive words for male sexuality, especially pleasure and arousal and all that stuff. And I couldn't find any – for women. And that's not okay, you no. know? Um, and it really does start with ourselves. And I think we slut shame ourselves, you Absolutely. know, so changing the language, changing the way that we perceive ourselves and not seeing, you know, exploring our attitudes about our sexuality. Absolutely. Do we see it as, there's that great saying that I love, um, I don't have a dirty mind, I have a sexy imagination. <laughs> and I love that. Like I want it on all my shirts. Um, that's amazing. Because it's not you know, some people use dirty as a, they're trying to make it into this fun kind of like la la word. But right. even so, for women, we're, we can't be considered dirty for, right. have, if that's like saying you're dirty for having a digestive system or wanting food. Right. It's so true. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's so true. And the other thing I wanted to say is share your story. I know that when I was ex- exploring sexual abuse and finding my voice in it, I know that it was really powerful to hear other people's stories because suddenly I wasn't alone. And that's why I'm here today doing this because I want everyone to know you're not alone. If you need me, find me on Facebook. You can message me anytime. I'm always an ear. I know so many people who have experienced this who are willing to be there. Share your story. And and that is a great way to process. Beautiful. Yeah. Thank you so much no, for thank offering you. your your kindness and your support. Uh, and if any of you want to share a story publicly, you know, we can call yeah. it like Sophie's Challenge or whatever. I actually wanted you to know? start a website called shareyourstory.com Beautiful. and have that, just have people, you know, talk about everything. Yeah. In a safe space. Yeah. You know, that's, it's interesting. So many times when certain topics, especially I did it, um, a series on on dating a sociopath mm. and how many how many women once once the conversation started which is why it's so important that you're here and when people hear your courage and your and your light that they hear that you are okay you know mm. and happy and vibrant and living this you know wonderful life and I think that that really does help people feel less alone. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for giving me this opportunity. If you guys are digging Girl Boner Radio, which I hope you are, I hope you'll consider posting a very simple uh, review on iTunes. You just go to iTunes, click on the review tab. It's very simple. Uh, If you subscribe, you'll be one of the first to receive every episode, which is really fun. You can also support Girl Boner and get some awesome intimacy products by shopping at Good Vibrations, which is one of the world's seriously awesomest sex toy stores, but it's not just toys. They have lube, all kinds of things, and they educate. They are women-friendly. They are totally discreet, non-judgmental, and nothing arrives to your door with like a package that says, hey, there's a vibrator in here. So it's <laughs> it's all very good. Um, to make sure Girl Voter is uh, credited for your purchase, just click on the ad on the sidebar on my website, which is augustmclaughlin.com. For more spicy and respectful fun, um, go ahead and like our Facebook page. That's facebook.com slash 
my girl boner. You can follow me on Twitter and subscribe to my YouTube channel, which I finally am dusting off. Uh, this actually, this episode is going to be up on my YouTube page, so you may actually be watching it there. Hello, everyone! Um, <laughs> all my in-person chats, I'll be having filmed. So I hope you enjoy that that extra. Thanks so much for listening, and have a beautiful girl boner embracing week. <laughs>